everybody. Welcome back to the Wellness Coaching Conversation with myself, Lori Legault, and Brian Douglas. And we are so excited to be talking about some really kind of basic and impactful coaching skills. And uh, Brian and I very carefully picked what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm excited. Yes. What do you think, Brian? I, I, I believe the word you're looking for is we curated this episode and yes, you know that's yes. we're, we're trying to stay hip you know and <laughs> so yes we we have uh we have very thoughtfully compiled some information that we think is going to be relevant and helpful for practicing health coaches because you know we 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 try to keep things kind of a mix here from some really high level industry-wide conversations all the way down to you know how do you deal with this when you're in a session and and so today we're doing that we're we're diving down and we are going to get into some nitty-gritty session stuff exactly and one of the things that we were talking about with this is how important some of the really provocative questions are that you could ask your clients. And so we have decided to pick a few really important questions and talk through with all of our listeners why they are impactful, why they would be very important to use a coaching session where you're trying to, to cultivate more thoughts and more openness with your client. Yeah, that I, I love that you brought that up. And I love that you use that word too, Lori, provocative, because, you know, when we think about coaching, obviously we're always wanting to focus on being really supportive and empathetic and caring and, and all of those non-directive um, things. At the same time, one of the most important tools that we have as a coach is actually confrontational and provocative in nature. And that is the powerful question because you, you literally are in a, in a respectful and gentle way, wanting to arrest a thought process that the client is going through and jar them in a sense into seeing something differently. You know, you're literally wanting to provoke a perspective shift through this, this, confrontive question. And so it's and and so I know people sometimes are a little off put by language like provocative or confrontational, but I think that there are constructive meanings to both of those words and that's exactly what we as coaches sometimes have to do. It's just that we're doing it in a way that is constructive and and is um kind and hopefully guiding in the sense that causes the the client to just look at something a little differently. You know, you're not mm -hmm. necessarily guiding them in a particular direction. You're just guiding them in any direction other than the one they're going in. You know, it's exactly. Like, yeah. Like they're going in one degree direction. They've got 359 other degrees to choose from. We're just saying, hey, what about one of those? And I think right. it can be really helpful. And you can see a lot of times in your client when they are, they're just kind of don't want to get off this one path, right? They just are on this one path and they're sort of trying to prove their point to you all the time about something. So like, how can you shift that and say, what else is possible that maybe you haven't thought of yet? Yeah. And so what we decided as our first question, we are going to deconstruct a little bit is the question when you're working with a client and you really want to 
start to, you know, crack open a little bit of their more genuine core of who they are is the question that asks, what do you do that when you do this thing, you lose track of time because of pure enjoyment and you're so in it, you're so in it when you're doing it that you don't even know, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world and you could care less about the rest of the world. You're just having so much fun and, or, you know, or just like you're, you're, you're sidetracked, right? So you can't have all the other worries of your life be there at that moment. And I feel like for many people, it's something physical just because when your body's moving and, or maybe something that's, um, that requires attention while your body's moving, uh, then often it can relax that part of your brain that's worried about whatever you're worried about in life. And you start to get in that flow state. So that's what we're looking for. It's like, what puts you in that flow state? And so, I mean, even Brian, we could talk about a little bit of that for us. Like, what do you do that puts you in flow state? You know, describing that a little bit, I think it would be helpful just to hear you and I even start to um, describe our own, you know, what makes us feel this. So, mm, yeah, that, and I love the 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 concept of flow, and and I think that it's, you know, it, it from the research is it you it often um, is attributed to areas that that we have mastery in but i i think it's broader than that because i think that that flow can be accomplished even if you've got beginner's mind and you're you're literally a, a beginner at something um depending on how you approach it you know so i i i really like that and i when i think about myself i think okay wow um something super simple is literally going out into nature and leaving the earbuds behind leaving the phone behind. And I, I heard it described as an awe walk, mm, yes. an awe walk. And, and you're going out and you're basically just saying, what does nature have to teach me today? And, and really getting engaged and immersed in the physical world around you can be a flow state experience and, and time just becomes meaningless. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another can be practicing something creative, whether, you know, maybe you like to write poetry, maybe you like to play music. Um, those are certainly things that I know when I do something like that, writing or, or music, I totally lose track of time. And, and, it, yeah. and, and it's um, and I never, ever regret it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you come out of that. You don't go, ah, oh, damn, I wish I wouldn't have spent the last three hours doing something I really, really enjoy and love. It's more like oh, I needed that so badly. I'm so glad I did that. You know, absolutely. And you bring up such so many good points just now. But I want to point out, too, this is different than asking somebody like, what do you do for fun? Because. Yeah you know, maybe you go out with friends and you have fun and, and that this could, that could be actually one of your, mm -hmm. you know, flow state moments, but some people might, if I, if I ask them, what do you do for fun? They'll say, go to the gym or something like that. And while that could be good, 
it's a, there's a difference between mm. doing things I know are good and healthy for me and something that actually puts me in this flow state mode where I literally lose track of time. Yeah. It's, it's different, right? It there's is. there's it's like like different levels. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a transcendence or connecting to joy itself. Yeah. And so that's where I think coaches need to um, think about what they're really asking before they ask it in this way, because I have found myself before asking people, so tell me about what you love to do outside of your work and your responsibilities. And I'm actually fishing for this answer mm. that I'm talking about now, but I, I didn't really say that right. You know, I didn't really say gotcha. the other parts of that, like where you lose track of time and you're in this flow state. And when you, and you de you develop or realize a sense of awe in mm. that thing that makes you feel like, man, life is really beautiful or my life is beautiful, any of that. And I also think people might be surprised how many people would answer with nothing. Yes. So then it gives you this huge, like Pandora's box opening <laughs> of, Ooh, maybe that person, you know, obviously we don't want to tell them they need to do this, but maybe say, well, what's something that you've wanted to do that maybe you haven't done yet? Maybe yeah. that could be the thing. And like, yeah. I think people get so caught up in who they are by what they do for work and who they are in their family structure, mostly those two things, and sometimes don't feel like they have time to cultivate something mm. in their life where they, that puts them into any kind of flow state or that they don't deserve it because life's just too busy, full of responsibilities that they just don't have time for something like that. You know, it brings up so many things. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that that's a good point. And and I love how how you can can kind of direct it into a a future thinking question. You know, because with with this kind of question, you really can open it up to the future or you can look to the past. You know, we when we met in in the group coaching class through Dr. Arlosky's uh, program, one of the exercises that we did was remembering something that we did when we were like eight that brought us joy. And that was a really transformational experience because everybody did, you know, some people did these the, like dance and some people did drawing and writing and laying on your back and staring at the clouds. There were all these different memories that came up. And again, what we're trying to do here is, is constructively and compassionately jar our client out of a a fixed mindset or a a limited perspective that 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 their their brain is imposing on them and so either going forward or going to the past to to re-energize and reinvigorate their now their their present moment can be so powerful it's so simple but unless you're asked sometimes you don't think about it. You know, I mean, why right. are you why are you gonna think, oh man, I remember when I was eight, I used to do this thing. It was awesome. No, no, that's like that is so far off of, like you said, all the responsibilities and identities that we have taken on as as quote adults. Um, you know, sometimes those have to be stripped away and thrown away and and we've got to either re-inhabit our our childlike self or reimagine our present self. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
other layers of this that can be so cool to dig into once you're with a client and they start to, you know, think about this, whether they have something that immediately comes up for them or whether you have to really go way far back into their childhood to come up with something that maybe they forgot all about is by then asking them to describe what it feels like to do that thing. Tell me more about that experience for you. And the reason I say this is because then they get to really take you on that experience with them and you never know what's going to come out of that Mm. too, you know? So for me, there are two things that bring me to this like flow state. One is mountain biking is my number one. And I never really thought about why until I was in the coaching class, the very first coaching class that I was ever in, we talked about this flow state and I said, mountain biking. And the teacher said, why, what is it about mountain biking? And I never really thought about it. And I was like, oh, so, you know, when I'm mountain biking, I have to be really mindful of like the, the rocks that are in the way getting up and over the rocks. And if I'm climbing uphill while I'm doing this, and there's like strategy around the pedal stroke and what gear I'm in. And if it's a beautiful day, then I get to also take that beauty in and I'm working hard. So my muscles are working and I'm sweating. And, you know, there's just so many pieces to that that are just Mm. like invigorating for me. And then usually you climb and then you get to come down. Mm-hmm. And so then the down is like really fun. I have like a little kid where I'm like, hee hee, look at me. And I actually live on a mountain bike trail and I hear people all day long going, hee as they go, <laughs> as they like go on the, you know, as like coming downhill. And um, I really not only lose track of time. And so what I actually decided to do rather than looking at my watch, as far as like what I need to be home, I now set a timer on my phone that goes off at my turnaround time. So I never have to look at my watch because I love, like, I love not having to look at the time for once in life. And so, yeah, I just set my, my alarm and I go, Oh, there's my turnaround time. Come back down. And I also get a a very big flow of creativity while I'm doing this. And so Mm. sometimes I actually have to stop and write what I'm thinking in the notes in my phone, because I have really like creative and problem solving things that come into mind while I'm writing. And I don't want to forget about it because I often do forget about it when mm. I go home and I'm, I just forget all about it until one moment. I'm like, Oh, I forgot I had that. I was wanting to do that, you know? So, so there's just so many cool things about it, but for those people who don't get to do their flow state activity very much, or if they haven't in years and years, man, is it a powerful thing to bring back to light how important it is to have that for yourself. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, how do you know if you're really living, if you don't do something like that Mm. more than once in a while, like often. That's a great, that's a great point. Um, I just, I'm still, I'm still visualizing you and all your mountain biking friends going down the, going down the mountain, you know, and, and, and I love that because it is, it's, it's, it's pure joy. And, and I think you brought up a really interesting, um, kind of ancillary benefit. And that is when you're having to focus on the, the, the act of mountain biking, your conscious mind is occupied 
your body is occupied and it gives your subconscious mind this free flowing opportunity to throw up all kinds of neat stuff, you know, whether it's solutions to problems or creative ideas that maybe have been simmering below the surface, but they haven't had the opportunity to come forth because of, you know, the busy monkey mind and, and, you know, everything that goes on, uh, in a normal life. So I think it's, um, it's just, a, it's a, it's a really impactful, again, deceptively simple approach to just asking these questions and, and allowing the client to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, ask that powerful question and then follow it up with, tell me more about that and follow it up with, um, what's keeping you from doing that or, um, what, what might be an interesting substitute to try since you can't do that thing, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and again, leaving it totally open-ended and letting their own inner genius and their innate creativity come up with the answers. You know, all we're doing is, you know, smacking them a little bit metaphorically, of course, and saying, Hey, what about this? And man, everything can change in an instant. Absolutely. I mean, that, yeah. And that's what change change. That's usually the, the, while change can take a long time because there's a lot of buildup and everything, the actual moment is instantaneous, you know, where it's like, ding, ding, ding. I, wow. Perspective has shifted. Holy moly. I didn't even know that road existed. I'm going to go there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So the question, just to end on what the question was, so if, if um, listeners are like, okay, what was that question again? It's what is it that you do or that you love to do that you lose track of time, you find yourself in a flow state and maybe even a sense of awe at life and the beauty of life. And it just really gives you that perspective on uh, just, I guess I'll just say again, kind of the beauty of, of life. And it could be more than one thing. It Mm. could be, one thing they haven't done in a long time, but digging deeper as well into that once they do kind of identify what that is as to why, why describe it to me. Mm. I think that's very powerful. Uh, it is. It is. And yeah. the older, the older I get, the more I, I realize that there is so much more meaning and value and, and frankly, for me, importance in the state of being rather than a state of doing, but our, our, our world is all constructed around doing accomplishments and all of these things. And, and ultimately that stuff just crumbles away and, and it's dust in the wind. And, and this, the being is what that's everything. It's everything. And so it's like, we're helping people either re-engage that state or maybe discover it for the first time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, and so many times I say, in my coaching sessions, I say to them over and over again, I know this is going to sound <laughs> like it couldn't possibly be the answer that you're looking for, but usually the answer is really small. It's mm. not something huge earth shattering, you know, that's like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. It's usually something that is so simple and really so very easy, but not easy, but easy 
you know, I would say the one thing that's harder to do, like that someone might say like, oh, well, I'm in my flow state when I'm traveling and I don't have time or money to travel right now. Okay. That, that is, I can see that being a barrier, but, um, but there are actually things you can do to even still feel like you're traveling and get a little bit of that feeling when you can't actually go, you know, internationally somewhere. Sure, you're right. Your so, local, your local area may have places you've never visited and it, 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 it can be a whole adventurous day. Yeah. That, or that weekend can, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I think that's important. So the other question that you brought up, I think would be a fun one to tackle next, Ryan. Oh, cool. All right. So this is one that I, I can't claim ownership of this question. I, I I literally just heard this in a in a program that I'm I'm listening to right now. And it's just, man, it just hit me between the eyes. And that basically is um what is something that you if you don't do it in the next X amount of time, maybe the next year or five years or 10 years, what is something that if you don't do it in the next certain number of years, you will regret not doing it? And I was like, wow. And it's called yeah. anticipated regret. And it can be such a, uh, a an impactful attention getter because, again, it stops you in your tracks and makes you go, oh, wow, I really have been wanting to learn this language or this musical instrument or or this sport. Um, and I'm not getting any younger. And I haven't taken the first step to do it and what's keeping me from doing it wow i really you know it's like it's just again it's just it's a it's one of those perspective exploders and mm -hmm. gosh that one just yeah i love that question i love that too because also if anyone has uh i'm sure our listeners are into like the blue zones and some of those kinds of things and dan butner's first book on the blue zones talked about how when you decide you're going to do something that's kind of a big thing that you really wanted to do, that planning it is actually just as fun as uh, doing it. I, I, well, you need to repeat. Yeah, we had a little, we'll have to edit this part out, Laurie. You, oh. your, your sound went away completely. So oh. if you'll start over with the Dan Butner thing. So when you yeah, read- the light didn't the do anything, but- Okay. Tell me. Um, so if you read the Dan yeah, Butner um, book that when you're planning something exciting, that can really be a very, very fun activity. Like if say you're planning a trip and you think, oh, the trip's going to be the funnest part, you know, of course, being on the trip, but actually people find a lot of joy in planning. And so that can be part of mm. the process. And, um, can make the whole thing from the time you decide I'm doing the thing that I would have a regret about. When you start, you know, putting the wheels in motion, that actually is already part of that enjoyment for most people and getting yourself set up for whatever mm. that thing might be that you, that you, you know, want to do. And isn't it interesting how when someone has, you know, like a life-threatening diagnosis or someone else passes away around them or something big has to happen sometimes for people to go like, whoa, what am I waiting for? I should do some of the things that I 
want to do now? Why, why am I waiting till I retire? Or why am I waiting till, you know, I don't know what, um, till the kids leave or whatever it is. It's like, chances are you probably could do the thing sooner than you think. So I love that question to kind of get yeah. you thinking about, um, you know, life is so precious, right? And why are we waiting to do yeah. some of those things? So. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that is to me, one of, one of the most important questions that, that we should ask. I know like the Stoics have a pretty good approach on that of basically, you know, thinking about I'm going to die. We're all going to die. So what am I doing with the time that I've got left? You know, it's another way to look at it. Um, you know, and we just saw the kind of the, the patron saint of, of really living in the moment and, and experiencing that joy, um, in Jimmy Buffett pass away. And I think that's had a big impact on a lot of folks uh, that I've seen kind of asking themselves that question of like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, this guy's been like the soundtrack to my life and I've done all this fun stuff and had these great experiences. And if he can die, then I can die. And what am I doing? You know, like, what have I not done that I'd really like to do? And I think it, it's, it's just about really embracing the moment, embracing the now, um, because we, we don't know, we just right. don't, I mean, putting things off to whatever future date, um, that's, that's not really a great investment because there's no guarantee you're going to get to that date. I'm not saying, you exactly. know, just chuck everything and, you know, there, there's a way to do that thing and live your life and honor your, your obligations. So, and even if you don't think there is still might be worth looking at, you know, because then we start getting into that dynamic between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset and, and thinking about life from a, a finite number of answers versus an infinite number of questions. And it's like, there's a whole perspective shift there. And if that's, if that's, if you can help your client do that and start looking at life as, as a, 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 a literally series of innumerable possibilities everything can change for them. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes I, I wonder, cause I haven't really asked this question recently to anybody, or I don't, I'm not even sure if I've ever asked this question to anybody. Um, if there's, you know, more than one thing, maybe prioritizing as well, like what's the number one and, uh, you know, yeah. going down the list a bit and then saying, okay, now what's the, what's something that you could do first, even if it's not the first priority one mm. that you want to do, what could you do first? I mean, that would be really fun. Like now this makes me want to do this with someone like tomorrow, yeah. um, ask, you know, I'm going to be on an Agreed. airplane tonight. I might, uh, the poor soul next to me might get this question on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, folks, if you're flying tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I that I think that's so that's such a great idea, Lori, because it 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 it's again, it's like you're you're helping your client remove the obstacles and excuses before they even have a chance to vocalize them. Because if you're not limiting it to just one thing and you say, well, what are several things? And then, okay, of those things, what's, what's the one that is the most exciting and important to you? What's the one that is the most 
reachable right now? And what what's the what's the most doable step you could take towards any one of these things right now? And all of a sudden they're going, well, shoot, there's probably something I could do, you know, and, and it's a really strategic way to uh, to kind of work through that. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm excited for that question. I want to use that very soon. And um, I like talking about this also in depth because it kind of gives you a little bit more thought into when you would use it, you know? So, which leads us now to our third question of our episode today. Mm -hmm. So this one I have used on lots of people and I think that it's really powerful. And the question is, what are five or more things that you are the most proud of? You kind of have to give people a number to shoot for because they might Mm. only say one thing otherwise. And so the number five, I think works well because if they say I'm proud of my job or I'm proud of, you know, some of those typical things that there's room still for other things to be added on there. And I often will say, these do not have to be big things. Think of anything big or small, you know, it could just be literally, I'm proud of myself for getting out of bed today because that has been hard for me lately. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there could be anything. There was a student I was working with who was struggling to keep going because it's just a long journey with these medical school students and he's near the end. He's really close to the end, really close to graduation. And he's mm. like, I'm actually ready to throw in the towel and I can't do that right now. I'm like so close to the end, <laughs> but I'm just so tired and exhausted from this journey. And so, and he's like really scared of exams that are coming up and stuff. And so just to give him another perspective on himself, I asked him this question, can you And I I didn't actually want him to just name it. I want him to think about it. So I said, this is your homework. I'd like you to email me within the next three days, five or more things that you're proud of and why. So he typed out Mm. each thing with an explanation of why. And I tell you what, it was really powerful for him and he was really excited and kind of embarrassed to brag to me about it because we talked about them all. And, and But I was showing him how much he has to be proud of and that his identity isn't wrapped up in what he thinks it is. You know, he's already done a lot of amazing things. And so if he actually were to throw on the towel now, he would still have a lot to be proud of. But, mm. you know, we just sometimes, we just look at our weaknesses. We look at what we wish we had or what we wish we did. And we just, I think that consumes our mind so much more than what we're proud of ourselves for. So. Agreed. Agreed. And and just the fact that you can share a a story where that question had such a a powerful impact on one of your clients is, is man, it, it, it gives it even more resonance in my mind. I think, um, what I, what the sense that I got to thinking about that question is sometimes I think when if folks are really stuck or they're really in a in a bad place, we can ask questions that are almost too powerful. Like you know, for example, um, talking about that um, 
maybe that thing that you would regret or, or the thing that gives you joy and puts you in a flow state. Maybe somebody is like, they're in such a funk that they can't even really comprehend that. And by asking what you just asked, it gives them the grace and the opportunity to celebrate very small victories. You know, you, you mentioned just getting out of bed. And while many people might kind of scoff at that, that's a big freaking deal. If you're, if you're really in a low place or you're just, you don't have much energy. Um, I mean, I know I've, what I've gone through health wise, there have been days when it's like, I, I'd like to throw a parade because I got out of bed. Um, and so that's, I really think that it's it's such a subtle question because it gives people the opportunity to kind of choose what they're ready for. You know, they may be only ready for a small celebration, but you might be surprised and there might be something really big in there, too. And so by picking five, too, it gives them that latitude. And I just yeah, when 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 you told me this question, it's like, man, that is. Yeah, that one is great. I you could I could see a whole session just erupting out of asking that question in in the most beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's it's definitely fun. I mean, sometimes people choose the obvious things and I really try and dig a little deeper and say like what else? You know, what else? What else? Because Yeah. people sometimes don't want to brag about things too and I'm like brag please brag to me. I want to hear your most yeah. bragginess brag. <laughs> I like that. Is that a word bragginess? I'm writing that down. <laughs> I no, no. That. Maybe in the urban dictionary, you know, it's, and it's, there you go. Well, you know, what's funny too, and, and sad is these in many ways, I think they're becoming more archaic, but we've got these societal systems that are so inherently focused on, when we make mistakes and what's wrong and where we're deficient and and we're rated and graded and scored accordingly you know like the the academic system or the performance management systems and jobs i mean they're hot garbage i mean they they are they are so destructive to so many people and you're Ask, the question that you asked there is the opposite. You know, it's it's exactly the other direction of saying, hey, let's forget about all that stuff. We're none of us are perfect. Perfection is an illusion. What do you like about yourself? You know, what what when you do this thing, you actually go, Oh, wow, that felt good. Or I'm I'm kind of proud I did that. And I think that's um again, it's helping people get out of um maybe a, a mindset they shouldn't even be in, but it's just because of the environment that, that they're a part of that they kind of get stuck in that very fixed approach. Yeah, no, you bring up so many great points there. Exactly. And I, I also think too, like if, if somebody is having a hard time coming up with some things, then they're probably thinking too much in the present and you can direct them to think of like hmm. different times in their lives. So what were you the most proud of when you were in high school? What were you the most proud of when you were in your twenties, thirties, uh, you know, like bring them back a little bit mm -hmm. and make them think about some things that they might've forgotten completely about and are still very important to where they are now. 
my daughter laughs at me because I love saying the words sliding door moments because there's so many sliding door moments in everybody's <laughs> lives. And if you look closely and you go, well, I almost married that guy and didn't. I wonder what life would have been like if I went down that road. Um, I almost went to that school and then didn't. I wonder what life would have been like if I went there, you know, where it would have changed. I mean, I, when I got out of uh, undergraduate school, I was either moving to Chicago or to Colorado. Um, Chicago is for sure, like the actual city that I would have been in Colorado. It was just open to like which city in Colorado, but I was doing um, internships and I loved Chicago. I thought that would mm. be a great place to live, except for I had never been there in the winter. So I don't know what a winter is like, but in the summertime, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Good food, fun oh, city. I thought oh, that would be a fun place to go. And there was an internship I applied for there. Then I applied for a couple internships in Colorado and, you know, got the internship in Colorado and I've stayed ever since. And so I wonder what if I ended up in Chicago? What would I have been yeah. doing? Would I have stayed there? Who would I be with? You know, all these things. And it's kind of fun because this question takes you back to like moments where you're like, oh, you know, I did this thing. I was really proud of that. And then it took me to this place and I was proud of that. And it took me to this thing and that wasn't so fun, you know, and it, it can just help you reminisce a little bit about mm -hmm. the path you've taken and why and um, help you see your, um, your winding road to where you are now and how yeah. it really is about a lot of choices that you've made. And that now in that moment, when they're sitting with you, they can make a new choice. Yeah, no, that's a great point because it gives them they're they're able to see, oh, wow, yeah, I had autonomy back then. I I did make choices and and look what happened. And and I think it can provoke a sense of gratitude and it also can can kind of provoke a sense of of self-empowerment, like, oh, well, I've done this before, so I can do it again. Absolutely. Or maybe yeah, even revisit something just, that they wish know. they did. Right? Yeah. Uh, no kidding. And, and, and then, you know, kind of think about, well, if I had done that, what, what could that have looked like, you know? And, and I don't know, I think these are really wonderful thought exercises because again, it, as coaches, we, we are tasked with the challenge of helping people get in the moment, you know, get out of these, these kind of dysfunctional ways of, of seeing the world and doing things and cultivating their own innate wisdom. It's not easy, but these questions, man, they can, they can open up that, that doorway into a whole new, a whole new reality for somebody. And that's why I think, you know, as I know we're, we're coming to a close of this episode, I think, not being afraid of words like provocative or confrontational, just putting them into the perspective and the intention behind them. You know, you're mm -hmm. wanting to confront somebody gently with a different approach. You're wanting to provoke a new insight. And by, and that gives me courage as a coach, because, you know, sometimes if you're dealing with some someone and and they they're really they want to go this direction but you've got this question that you intuitively you know you should be asking sometimes it can be a little off-putting if they're like a you know really hard charge in the other way and so it's about finding that courage within yourself to ask that question and just 
let nature take its course. Let them decide where it's going to go. But you got to ask the question. Absolutely. Yeah. Good place to end right there. And we've given our listeners three questions that they might be able to try in their next session. Pick one and just ask it and just see what happens, you know? So, yes. uh, so we'll, we'll yeah, probably do I'd some more here. I'd love to hear how it goes. Me Agreed. too. Agree. There's, there's so many and yeah. And, and I would, if, if you have success, we'd love to hear about it. Um, let us know because this is, um, we do this because we want to, we want to help all coaches get the most out of their work and, um, and help their clients become the best of, of who they can be. That's right. That's right. Wow. That was, well, like, Brian, that was like good talking to you again today and all the Thank listeners, you. um, have a great weekend. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners know we re-record on Fridays, so we're always going into the weekend and um, hope everybody has a great weekend as well. That's why we're so happy. Yeah, that's why we're always so upbeat and happy and laughy and giggly. Um, So everybody have a a great week ahead and we'll be back. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Lori, and we'll talk.